Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We now present Manny Hill's Four Deep Thoughts on the Ride with Royce. Boy, you got a lot of options today, Manny. You have many, many options yes. uh, for uh, what the heck uh, went on this weekend. Nothing more abominable than what occurred last night at Target Center, and I hope that made your four deep thoughts. Well, that's a wonderful segue, sir, because that is thought number, number one. one. Eagles wide open look decides to go back to Rubio for three. Ricky's got the hot hand. How did you hit the underside of the rim on the three and have it crawl over and bounce in? And Rubio, four three-pointers in the quarter with that make right there. Hooks a pass in the corner. Rubio for three, and he got it. And Ricky Rubio <laughs> is just burning up the nets here in Minnesota. Okay. How about the crowd noise in the background? Oh, the my way? goodness. Man, alive, you can hear the sneakers squeaking. The sounds only like a, w- yeah, it sounds like an NIT game yes. at Williams Arena. Yes. Guys, the only way I can explain what Ricky Rubio did at Target Center last night was that it was April 1st. Yeah. <laughs> that's the I only way that's that. the only way I can explain it is that it was April 1st. Never it was April of that, Fool's Day. But that does uh, uh you know they certainly went out and hounded him after he made a couple though, didn't they? They really went out and guarded that perimeter. <laughs> Let him sit there and shoot him all he wants to, right? Yep. Well, pretty much. Isn't I I get that losing to the Jazz at home isn't ideal. They barely beat Dallas on no, Friday. They, have, they have not played well. Six in games probably, in a row now. Yeah, it's six, been about two weeks since they. Six, are they going to miss well. the playoffs? They played. No, they'll, they'll get in. They played six games in a row in which they've they beat the Knicks in abomination. They beat the Dallas in the worst game ever played. You were terrible against Memphis and at home. Were, yeah, they needed. They beat Atlanta. You needed you needed Cat to have a career night to beat Atlanta. You were five ahead of them with a minute and a half to go. They've been horrible for six games. But I got one problem with Ricky. Why has he decided to look like Serpico? Doesn't he look like Serpico? (laughs) What Serpico? He's got the beard and he looks like he's flowing hair. He looks like he's giving inside information on drug dealers to the feds. And he's got the big arm tattoo now too. And yeah, he's uh, he's it is he's looking like a tough guy now. But uh, he's you think that's what oh yeah oh yeah yeah that's it okay he's by the way. Utah, don't look now. They're twenty-five and five yes. since their low point of the season. Twenty-five and five. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of different names being thrown out there for Coach of the Year, but I think Quinn Snyder deserves some consideration for that award. I agree. Lose, you lose Gordon Hayward like that. 
And they and, had Go, you didn't have Gobert for 25 games or something, yeah, right? Yeah, so you've got all these new players, and you've got Donovan Mitchell, who was the 13th pick, and he's now a Rookie of the Year candidate. He's done a really nice job there. You know, I get a lot of heat about my poor predictions on Twitter and uh, likewise, but Friday night, I said, this is a humiliating victory, and Utah will name the score against the Timberwolves on Sunday. <laughs> So I guess I was pretty close to 105% accurate on that one, don't you say? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. All right, thought number they're, two. They, they're terrible right now. Oh, they, if, they've been terrible for about two TK, weeks. They, they, they're terrible. They still have two games against Denver, right? Yep, they yeah, got four oh, games left, Denver's two of them against Denver. going to kick their ass Thursday so bad. And, and they better be, be careful. Be close. They better be careful because Denver's only a game and a half back with four yeah, to go. Yeah. So they I, They'll be go careful. to that last Sunday against Denver having a win, I think. Yep. All right. Number two. Michigan has the edge here. Matthews swings it over. Pull from the corner. Tears up and right backwards. Matthews done it again, and he's just with that rebound and put back. Here's Matthews swinging it outside. Top of the key. It is his night. And it's also the ability to draw attention with the bounce. If not for Morris, uh, Moritz Wagner. Well, Wagner, yeah. Uh, Loyola Chicago would be playing for the national championship tonight. He was he was he was really good on Saturday and they needed every bit of what he contributed because nobody else could nobody else in Michigan could hit a shot or grab a rebound or anything and he was doing everything for him. He was great. Don't you love the crowd crowd shots though of mom and dad, <laughs> Miss Mr. and Mrs. Wagner? Who don't know what the hell they're watching? They're right. in Germany. This is this game. This is in soccer. They're, they're like watching Kepler's in relatives watching him play baseball. They don't. They you know it's like they they're having fun watching their kid and they know what he does well, but it's like they don't know when to be mad and when to be happy. I remember during the Big Ten tournament uh, when Michigan went on their run there, and they the the camera panned to him, and Wagner was he was on the bench. And mom, you know, because mom's really excited all the time. But Michigan had a foul called their way out when they were on defense. And she kind of looked around and as everybody else started going, then she started clapping too. <laughs> it was great. Wait, that was good? Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. that was good. Because right. they didn't yeah, have the ball. Yeah, it was hilarious. It's pretty hysterical, yes. But, uh, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's been really good. And he's a skilled big man. He might uh, he might have a future in the NBA. He'll uh, he'll uh, he'll come out. Especially he considered he coming out. Yeah, he considered yeah. coming out last year, and he didn't. But he'll uh, he'll he'll be out now. So, yep. all right, number three. Set up corner. And that three. It's good. Haskell. Bounce pass outside. Bridges. Pass down the jumper. It's a three. Spellman. He's got a three. Dave Spellman. He's got another three. Booth. They keep knocking down threes. It's the pass to the far corner. And Bridges. It's another one. Brunson at the other end. Another three. How many did they make? 13 in the first half. How 13 many in the first goal? half, and it didn't even get all 13 in that highlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 threes from okay, Villanova in the first I half. Pro- Move the they got to move the they got to move the line back in college basketball. A foot, yeah, a Jay foot, Billis was you? talking about that. Too. They got to yeah, move it back. They, they got to move it back. I don't like the I don't like the modern game. I don't like the I don't like threes 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 threes. I I don't have any trouble with threes, but I want I want a three pointer to be an event, and it's mm-hmm. not an event anymore because everybody's it's not taking even close them. to an event. Everybody's shooting. But them these now, guys yeah. are the Houston Rockets, Villanova. Just, yeah. And the only way you're going to beat these teams is if you 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 got to do the same. You got to be able to do the same thing. You got to be able to match that. Otherwise, well, I think the threes at halftime were thirteen to one, right? 
I think so. Well, you knew right away when it was 16 to 4, you knew yeah. Kansas well, was no in chance. trouble. And yeah. you know who told us? Brandon Lang. Brandon Lang. He told us he said Kansas had no Brandon shot. Brandon Lang, no shot. He Did gave he? us that one. That might have been his pick of the year. Even though he told us the NA. You know, I, I love Brandon, and he'd oh. never be a guy to BS you. No. But do you really think Penn State and the NIT was his game of the year? <laughs> in March? Well, in March? Yeah. We got nine months left. We don't want to be using our game of the year in, in March in the NIT, do we? I still want to know the scenario in which he was going to have to keep his mom out of prison by making a bet. <laughs> that was one of the best well, lines ever uttered on this radio Although station. kind of like Loyola. They didn't cover, so he, but, but he was going to bet a lot more on Villanova than he was Michigan. Yeah. I got news for you, Mrs. Carter. Your son's going to the D-League. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Villanova is really what oh, a, what God. a run this is, man! Alive, yeah. yeah. That's you know he was they were ready to run him out of there mm-hmm. about five years ago. And now he might tonight yeah. he might win a second national yeah. title. Oh, I think years. they're I think they're a lock, don't you guys? I think Michigan's a had a good run. run. You know what? They, Michigan Michigan guards people though, and they're but, but they, Villanova's so deep. My God! Well, here's the problem: if you're if you're two points behind with. If you're two points ahead with four minutes to go, you can't make free throws. Yeah. You yeah. know, even if they're in the game, they can't make free throws. And if Villanova's drilling threes all over the place yeah. like they were Saturday, yeah. it'll be tough. Yeah. All right, number four. Swing and a miss. Down goes Simeon. One down. First punch out on a splitter. Now the 0-2. Swing and a miss. A one, two, three first in his big league debut on the mound. Two swing and a miss. Down goes Chapman. And Shohei's picked up his fifth strikeout. That could be it for Otani if it is. He's retired the last eight in a row and 14 of the last 15. You know, he was pretty good hey, his debut. Was. I saw a little bit I of him. Too. I saw him give up three runs, but he... he, he he settled they, in. They got him at 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. and it he, he hit 100 once. And he does not look like he's grunting, does he? No, he it's a fluid delivery. Yeah. 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 Oh, that slider's that Now, they DH'd him in the first game, right? Of yes, the year. in the opener. But yep. they, I don't think, I think they he went one for five or something like that. But how do you DH him when you got Albert on your team and you're paying him all that money? Well, did he, Albert played first, didn't he? In the it, opener? Yeah, but... It's not something you covet. No, that is true. That is true. Maybe you platoon it because Otani's a lefty, right? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe you platoon it that way. And let Albert play first base against, uh, you know, when there's a... What is going to be spectacular, though, as you saw with when Chapman hit that home run, when you make contact against an Otani fastball, it's going to go a ways. But, hey, he's he's caused some excitement with that club. That club is going to be in the race for the... uh, Wild card. Yes, yes, the they Angels, will. Don't you think? They're going to be very good. Yeah. yeah, and they're also going to be an attraction when they come to towns. You know, when they yeah. when they show up at your park, people are going to go and watch. Especially them. when he's pitching. That's yeah, yep. that's true. And by the way, you better get your tickets now because people are going to be looking at that weather forecast this weekend and say, "I got to be at Target Field Saturday. It might get up to thirty <laughs> oh, if we're lucky. Oh my god! And Sunday it's going to be thirty-five, but it is going to snow. They better do their bobblehead giveaways this weekend. <laughs> give away snow globes. My wife's still down there in Florida. It's oh, like 82 and sunny again today, and she's sitting there reading her Kindle. I could be <laughs> I could be down there enjoying the sun. What the hell am I doing in this godforsaken, frozen, rotten wasteland? Hello? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why was I ever born? Horse <laughs> bleep state. There's nothing good to say about this state. Nothing! And that is Royce's deep thought for the weekend. <laughs> That's right. We'll be back.
right, Lance Lynn, who uh, looked okay in spring training, although you saw him on a bad day, right? Uh, uh, the Friday the 23rd against the Houstons, and I know Houston's got a great lineup, but he didn't look very good uh, uh, when yes. I was down there. I saw him a couple of times. He looked really good the first time out today. No command whatsoever. Uh, gives up five runs in the first inning. Didn't take long for that twin streak of, uh, let's see, nine, six, and six. Six. That's a twelve. What uh, twenty-one innings mm-hmm. without the starters giving up a run. Uh, looked great in uh, Baltimore, but uh, today uh, Lance Lynn was uh, bad. He gave up a salami to uh, who's the lefty? The kid they got from Houston, uh, Moran, the third oh, baseman. Yeah, yeah, Moran, who who was a hot shot draft choice at one time. Uh, third baseman there and uh, never really made it. They they were going to make him their third baseman in Houston and it didn't work out. But uh, Lynn got and then to, this Alex Bregman kid just showed up and yeah. became a stud. <laughs> Lynn got to uh, three and two with the bases loaded and uh, threw him a high fastball and uh, it went out way out in right center field. Five in the first. Twins come back, get within five to four. And uh, had a big chance in the eighth, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, First and second, nobody out. Dozier, who doesn't believe in bunting, we found that out yesterday, hits into a double play. No, he shouldn't have been bunting there. He should have been hitting. We're just making a joke about the idiocy of complaining about the Baltimore bunt. But, uh, and then uh, Maurer went out. I didn't see what he did. So they left the runners there. And then the night, they got a couple of guys on, too, but uh, did not uh, get the run home. So they lose 5-4. to four. They're 2-2 two and two on the season, but uh, generally uh, optimistic. Uh, you got to be after seeing that pitching over the weekend and seeing Barrios uh, last night. He was, uh, yesterday afternoon, he was fantastic. I mean, yeah, that, that was some really, really good stuff. You know, and I think the... the obviously, he was phenomenal yesterday, but him getting those four runs in the first, because he's a kid that always... Seems to struggle a little bit early to find it, but then once he gets into a groove, he's pretty dang good. Well, I liked him right off the bat because Manny Machado came up there and he buzzed him twice. Yep. He, uh, the first had been, Manny didn't like it. No. The first one, he was okay. The second one was a little higher and a little tighter, and he turned around and looked at the plate umpire like, what's, you know, what's going on here? Uh, but uh, that, was, uh, that, was, uh, that was very effective for him. And great, great break ball, breaking ball. But I, I also like the fact he was throwing ninety three in the first and ninety four in the ninth. So yeah, and you know the other thing too, Pat. On Saturday, if Kyle Gibson can be good, he's the X factor, don't you think? With this rotation, yeah, and he was a little. He didn't have great command, but boy, has that changeup helped him. Oof, yeah, that has made him a much better pitcher. He used to be slider, fastball, and if he didn't have the sinkage, all he did, all he was, was a sinker ball pitcher with a slider. Now he's more of a pitcher. He's and I know that, it's, he's got that changeup. He's got that little slow curve is he, too. Is he listening to people now too? Is that I think the, a little more. I think a little more. One uh, thing I notice is that I know that he, uh, Neil Allen spent a lot of time trying to convince him to throw the changeup. So. Yeah, and he because he when he gets into trouble, he's trying to nibble. He's just trying to you know just go after the hitter. He wasn't nibbling much. No, yesterday. yeah, on Saturday he was. He, he wasn't was, doing that at all. Yeah, uh, he hit a couple of spots that the he didn't get, but uh, he was uh, you know he was really good. And Odorizzi uh, threw his fastball exactly where he wanted it. We'll see him again Wednesday. Uh, Gibby will pitch Thursday. Uh, I had the thought that they might try to push the game to Friday. Well, Friday's worse than Thursday, so they will play Thursday. It's partly cloudy and a high of 35. Why do they play that game at 3? Why don't you play it at 1? You know, why don't why do they play it at 3 o'clock? 
Well, we got to have all the hoopla before the game. Yeah, but you game. can hoopla beforehand, and you got you got <laughs> two hours of. If you play it at at three, it's going to get colder and colder and colder. Mm-hmm. If you start at one, it's going to get a little warmer and a little warmer before it starts getting colder. You're taking the two of the warmest days, warmest hours of the day that you could be playing ball, and when you're playing that early in the year. You got a fighting chance to be freezing to death. And I do believe Monday night is a night game, right? When is they it come really? Home. I think it's a scheduled night game, Monday oh, night. No. I think it's the first Monday. You'd have to look. But right that one, that one's got no chance to be played. The snow is in the forecast and a high of about six. You know. And because we have you know, the, you know who's you know who's causing all these night games. The Twins play a night game in Pittsburgh Wednesday. It's the regional TV, the TV networks. networks yeah. yeah, the regional TV networks don't you don't care if the players freeze to death because regional TV wants to play it at night where they can get a few more people watching, right? Uh, we got the Houston's, the, the main site does not have the game time listed. So I'm going to click on the schedule here. Mm-hmm. You know what else I've noticed too, is with the imbalance schedule, like for instance, today, if they can't get one of these games, in, they don't go to Pittsburgh again. Nope. So then they're going to have to, I know the Pittsburgh comes here though, don't they? For like two games in yeah, June or something like that? that. They'd make you stop back in Pittsburgh. Right. Um, on a day 710 off. Monday night against your Monday Houston night, Astros. Then, thank you FSN for that. Uh, let me look up. Let me just look it up. Here. Hey, you can look up Tuesday night too because we got the Houston's Tuesday night at That's seven a Tuesday o'clock. Tuesday night or two. Okay, yeah. these will be uh, these will be real good. Let me see. Here then now. the Whiteys are in town. Here's for the, the weather. Weekend. Tuesday, thirty one and snow. All right, and uh, which means thirty one is the high. The low Thursday. Uh, the low Tuesday seven. Seven. <laughs> you know what? Not though? six. Not eight. Nope. Seven. 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 You know, so by by seven ten, she'll be down to about twenty three. You ain't playing Tuesday, right? Oh you know what though? Wednesday Cons- day game is that a day game? Yeah, it's a Wednesday. nooner. Twenty nine degrees with sun. <laughs> this might actually work out to the twins' favor though, because the colder the weather is, oh, the less the less potent that Astros lineup is oh, going wait, to be. Wait, wait, you were I, looking I was at looking this at this week. Yeah. I was oh. looking at this week. Next week, Monday. Houston, night game, 39 and snow, low of 21. Okay. So by 710, she'll be about 20. Wow, well, it's going to be a lot warmer <laughs> than we originally thought. Tuesday, 39, mm-hmm. partly cloudy. It's mm-hmm. only going to get down to 23. And Wednesday, wear your T-shirts, 47. Oh, it's although, it's supposed, although it's supposed to rain. You know, remember when the uh, Indians had that uh, lake effect snow and just went to yes. uh, Milwaukee and mm-hmm. played? We mm-hmm. should have called up the Brewers and say, you know... If you're playing night games, can we play day games? You know, we'll, we'll play day games over there. What uh, it, honest it question? The roof. I joked about this last hour, but if it came to it, would they play a game at the Ziggy? Would they play a no, game no, at no, US no, Bank? They, that's not. Have you seen that? Uh, <laughs> no excuse for baseball. No, no. no I, I don't think you're going to risk it. We'll risk the lives of collegians and high schoolers, but we won't risk the lives of big leaguers. Gotcha. I I was almost going to go over for a St. Tommy game. We have a Fairbowl mm-hmm. Laker on the St. Thomas squad, okay. but I didn't make it over there. Well, hey. Anyway, 
it's uh, it's going to be a fabulously rotten weather here for the for that first homestand, which is ten games. Yeah, because right? then the Whiteys come to town and for four games. And after then they Houston. go to then they go to Puerto Rico the following week. Yes. Okay, and, and Reavers was planning to be there, but I think Manny trumped him. Yeah, Manny, Manny screwed up those plans. I'll be, on, the, a lot, I'll be on a boat from the 14th to the 18th. I okay. so. I, uh, I hope it's not on Lake Superior. I hope it's uh, somewhere. <laughs> else. All right, we'll be Somewhere back. above freezing. Anybody got Showtime? Anybody here have Showtime? No, showtime? I'm too cheap. I do. Only HBO. Too, too cheap? Oh. I got it. Uh, Operation Odessa. Have you seen the documentary? I have not. It is fantastic. It is a, a Russian, a Cuban, and a some kind of a Latina. Hey, did you hear the one? No, it is. <laughs> and they become buddies because the, the Russian guy who calls himself Tarzan runs a strip joint in uh, Miami called Tarzan uh, to uh, Carl Porky's because that was his favorite <laughs> movie, Porky's. And he's a great character. But when the Iron Curtain comes down, you, anything you wanted was for sale in oh, Russia. Oh, man. Right? The military there was selling everything. They went over and bought two military helicopters for the Cali cartel for pa- oh, Pablo Escobar. Sure. Yep. And then they were going to, the moral of the story is, they're trying to buy a submarine for the Cali cartel. <laughs> they're going to have a submarine, $30 million for a submarine that they're going to then use to smuggle uh, drugs in uh, under the sea. Wow. And these guys are just some characters. And the one guy, uh, well, you'll have to see it, but the one the one guy, Tony, ends up taking off with some of their money and is, is still on the run when this was, it just came out this year. I don't know when it came out. But they ended up interviewing him all over the world. So it's fantastic. Operation, Operation Odessa. Odessa. It's great. Hmm. Uh, this update sponsored by La Quinta Inns and Suites. How do you win on the road? Stay at La Quinta Inns and Suites. Enjoy stylish lobbies and exciting room renovations. Book now at LQ.com. Twins lose to the Pirates this afternoon 5-4. to four. Lance Lynn started for the Twins, gave up all those runs in the first inning. Ended up going four innings, gave up five earned runs. Brian Dozier homered for the Twins as they tried to uh, get back in the ball game. They are off tomorrow. They'll play the Pirates again on Wednesday before they return home to open up their home season Thursday against Seattle. As you guys just said, the forecast for that day, a few clouds and a high of 36 Woo! degrees. Let's play ball. Hey, we got to the Twins got to use their bullpen today, though, so that was good. Well, they were sitting around the all bullpen wasn't weekend. getting enough work. Right. That was good. <laughs> Wild will be without uh, Ryan Suter for a while. He suffered a fractured fibula Saturday night. Coach Bruce Boudreaux said at this morning's skate, "Well, a team they they just have to carry on." Yes, every team's done it. I mean, we're making a. He's a good player, and there's no doubt. But I mean. Uh, every team they lose good players, and then they gotta they gotta come up and play. And we're we're no different here, so we're gonna uh, put our best foot forward and and we're gonna play. <laughs> hey, I blame Tibbs. Yep. Too many minutes. I told you. Didn't I? Yeah. Who was telling you last week that Suter was playing too many minutes? Yeah, me. it was you, Mister yeah. Puck. Called it. That's right. I called it. Basically, <laughs> I knew he'd get hurt. Hey, John, he would have a... been a little quicker at the boards there when the guy hit him. And it wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been there. He wouldn't have been there to no. get hit. Too many, minutes. Too many uh, minutes. I have a question for you, John. A little <laughs> yeah. inside reading here. So, Pat, on my button bar, <laughs> yeah. um, we have I all know the, what, uh, yeah. everything's labeled. Like for Manny Hills, <laughs> it says Manny won, so I know which cut numbers there are. For this Boudreaux uh, soundbite we just played, uh, Boudreaux is spelled B-O-U-D 
R E A U X. I have no idea what I was <laughs> doing there. And Johnny did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I haven't. Well, he's, uh, he's rattled because he's doing traffic. I have it spelled differently on my copy though. Mm-hmm. So okay. So it wasn't you. Is what you're saying? No, it was me. Oh, it, it was me. <laughs> the uh, wild it's Wilt- Bougereau. Just uh, call him uh, Sir Topham. Right. Topham. <laughs> Wild will play Edmonton tonight at the Excel Energy Center. Uh, NFL season off-season workouts right around the corner. We have a league announcement today. The Vikings will start their off-season workout program April 16th. That's what, two weeks from today? Uh Mm -hmm. Two weeks from today. Additionally, OTAs in Minnesota will be held May 22nd through the 24th, May 29th through the 31st, and June 4th through the 7th. Mandatory minicamp June 12th through the 14th. The league announced, uh, of course, Winter Park is gone for off-season work and uh, also gone as Mankato for training camp. Vikings officially have moved into the new digs in Egan at the TCO Performance Center. It'll be a lot easier to get a Jake's Pizza at night down there in August. Yes, it will. (laughs) I flew over that uh, new, I haven't yet to go over there, but that place is massive. Mm-hmm. The Twin Cities Orthopedic, what are we calling it? TCE, what was it? TCE, yeah, whatever. Yeah. TCO. One of the orthopedic yeah. outfits. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. Uh, Sarah McClellan will talk to us about Ryan Suter when we come back. Sarah McClellan covers the uh, wild for the Star Tribune. Uh, that was an ugly-looking injury there for uh, Ryan Suter, Sarah. When you see the replay, it's uh, not very promising. No, it was, it was just kind of a, a fluky play. It looked like, you know, a hit along the boards, but the way that he went into it, um, very awkward kind of with it with his right leg. And um, an unfortunate sequence, obviously, though, for the wild since, um, you know, he suffered a fractured fibula and um, is not going to be part of this, this push right now to the playoffs. So a really tough blow, but, you know, just an, another one for the Wild this season. I, I would assume if any, if any team's able or, or, or equipped or experienced enough at, at trying to overcome adversity, it would certainly be this version of the Wild this season. Second, uh, second in the league in minutes, uh, over 26. And when he's, uh, lately it's been 28, 29. And, uh, your story today outlined, uh, how few games this guy has missed. He's missed five games since they signed him and none of them because of injury previously. Mumps and, uh, suspension and one because they didn't play him, right? Yeah, you know, they the Wild in that sense has never really known a future, you know, without Ryan Suter. He's he's always been so dependable and reliable and um, you know, it's just not a player that we see get hurt. Um so this is kind of a new a, a new challenge for them and obviously with it coming, you know, right on the brink of the playoffs, the team obviously still has to clinch, which could happen tonight. Um, but, you know, to try to navigate this next stretch of the season, which is supposed to be the exciting, fun, what you play for time of the year, um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of recalibrate and try to overcome that loss, um, you know, on the ice, emotionally in the room. Um, I think we're really going to see what this team is made of this next week or so. And they're playing without their two best defensemen uh, in a lot of ways. Spurgeon has been out uh, for a while, and maybe what uh, the if you go by the early prognosis, he might not be back for another several weeks, right? For for Spurgeon, yes. It sounds like he will be back for the playoffs. So, oh, really? Uh, Coach, yeah, Coach Bruce Boudreaux said that today that um, he'll be ready for the playoffs, and, and if they needed. Um, you know, they could probably throw him in, you know, before then if they had to. 
Um, so that that was kind of a, a silver lining today um, for the team in getting that news that uh, Spurgeon started skating. He actually skated for the third time today. Um, so he's working his way back, and obviously getting him back in the mix would be a, a huge lift because he's the other half of that top pairing and can play a lot of the minutes that um, will need to be picked up amid suitors' absence. So, um, you know, it's still tough to not have that other half of the top pairing, but with Spurgeon, it sounds like getting closer and closer to return. That should offset the loss um, a little bit just in terms of the minutes, you know, the power play duties, and then obviously the PK, which Suter played as well. Uh, so uh, these are glorious times for the UMD Bulldogs. Uh, they're, they're coming down here for the Frozen Four, the only non-Big Ten team. And... Uh, the uh, spot on the roster for suitors being taken by another bulldog is it Carson Sosi? Is that how it's pronounced? Susie? Susie. Yeah. Susie. Uh, yeah. What yeah. do we know about this kid? Well, he'll make his NHL debut tonight. Um, I think he's like the fifth wild player to to make that NHL debut this season. So it kind of shows the turnover that they've had and in giving young players an opportunity, mostly due to injury. Um, but, you know, he's a defensive defenseman. I think you'll see that kind of approach, probably similar to a Nick Sealer, where he really takes responsibility in his own end. Um, he's a big guy. He has size. He has reach. But he can also move. He has good mobility. Um, so uh, sounds like you'll see him probably on that third pairing next to Nate Prosser. Um, that puts Ryan Murphy with... Uh, Nick Sealer, and then obviously the new top pairing for now, Matt Dumba and, and Jonas Brodin. So, um, you know, it's just another player getting a chance. We've seen how other players, specifically defensemen, called up from Iowa this season have kind of flourished in this opportunity. Nick Sealer's come in and landed, you know, regular minutes. Now Ryan Murphy is, has kind of settled in um, since Spurgeon went out, and, and the next one up is Susie. So um, we'll see if he can kind of follow those before him and, and, and help out the Wild kind of steady that back end uh, amid some key losses. I'll tell you one thing, when you're watching on uh, television uh, from across the room, uh, sometimes you're trying to figure out exactly who's who. Uh, when you see this Greenway kid, you know it's him. He is a large individual on a hockey rink. Yeah, you know, he, he kind of has come as advertised, I think, in that <laughs> sense with the size and the strength that he can bring. I think we've seen flashes of that so far. Um, you know, I, I know the Wilds wanted to give him an opportunity to play to kind of see what they have, to see if this is someone that they could, you know, uh, realistically slot into a playoff lineup. Um, he'll take a seat tonight. It looks like Tyler Ennis draws back in. But, um, you know, I think so far, though, you know, this has probably been a good feeling out process for, for Jordan Greenway to kind of see what the NHL game is like, see the, you know, the, the differences from the college game, how much faster this is. And, um, you know, I think the Wild see the potential in him um, that they anticipated when they drafted him. Hey, Sarah, do they only need a couple of points to uh, lock up a, a playoff spot? Yeah, the way it would work out tonight, um, you know, it, it, they need some help. But if they win and Colorado loses, uh, it sounds like that that would clinch it for them. Or if they win and you know Colorado um, loses, or you know the Blues lose in regulation, like there's a couple different scenarios. But um, you know they're getting closer, and so I, I think that's the key part. Is the sooner they wrap that up, then they can probably turn their focus to the future, what that first-round matchup would look like, and how they can prepare for it. Uh, it's uh, not a sense that it's going to be uh, a Winnipeg. 
uh, because Winnipeg's going to finish second, and they're likely to finish third. But uh, that's a tough uh, sled in the last three uh, road games they play here. So uh, if they don't get any points, uh, they could end up uh, maybe uh, being a wild card team and then not having to play Winnipeg. Right. You know, there's still that possibility. Obviously, if they were to clinch tonight, it would solidify that 2-3 matchup with Winnipeg in terms of the seeding in the Central Division. But if this is a team that falls, obviously, to one of the wild card spots, that opens up the possibility of Nashville and Vegas. Those are two matchups on paper would seem to maybe favor the Wild more um, than a Winnipeg series, just looking at how these teams have matched up this season and how they played against each other. But um, you know, there's still work to be done either way just to get in for this wild team. All right. Tell me about the uh, Winnipeg uh, atmosphere uh, when the uh, when the Wild play there. And then when they come here, I think that series would be a lot of fun. I do, too. I think that would probably stoke, you know, more of a rivalry. Obviously, they're, they're rivals in the division, and, you know, they've had some competitive games this season. But I, I think a playoff series probably just, you know, ratchets that up to another level. And, you know, the, the Jets have, you know, almost had the wild number in most of those games this season. Um, there's been a couple close games, but then there was that kind of blowout in Winnipeg, and that's a tough building to play in. That atmosphere can be pretty intimidating. I'm sure it's going to be even more intense in the playoffs. So, um, you know, if the Wild does clinch tonight, I think this lead-up, you know, this three-game road trip, probably be a good kind of fine-tuning period to kind of get ready, um, you know, find a new rhythm without Suter now and, and, you know, really try to hone in on how the Wild can you know, feel like it's playing its best heading into that type of of, of a difficult matchup against the Jets. So uh, I talked to you last week and asked you uh, how you were holding up with your uh, first Minnesota winner, and of course you had a few of them in Calgary back in the day. Uh, what do you think of April so far? Pretty toasty here, huh? <laughs> I'm surprised because I thought we were in the clear when it was in the 50s, <laughs> and now I'm bringing up the, the heavy coats and the scarves, so I'm a little confused. I guess you can't really believe it until it's, what, June, that maybe it's summertime? Uh, yeah, this is, we've played golf at this time of year, but it might be a while now. All right, hey, have a good game tonight. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. All right, Sarah McClellan, uh, the Star Tribune hockey writer. We shall return. Have you looked at the replay of that injury? No, I did. I did see it once. It's like something, something bent, like it wasn't supposed to. Those are the kind I have to turn away. I I I don't think it's Joe Theismann like, but it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I first saw it and said, "What the hell's going on here?" And then I looked at the replay again yesterday and said, "Ooh, ooh, that ain't good." Well, good luck to Suter because one thing they, you know, he doesn't maybe get all the praise he should get around here, but he always plays, and that's uh, that's uh, unfortunate for this team for sure. We shall return. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. That is some Scott Joplin uh, ragtime from the early, uh, late 19th century, early 20th century. But it is also probably the most famous movie tune of all time. April 2nd, 1974, The Sting swept the Oscars 
And a ragtime composer, Scott Joplin, uh, was honored sort of posthumously. But you know who won all the Academy Awards for music? Marvin Hamlish, who nobody had then heard of. Uh, was hired to do the uh, ad- ad- adaptation of the Scott Joplin music. Now, I will say The Sting was a very good movie, great entertaining movie. But never in history have two guys put together back-to-back two better movies than Butch Cassidy and the sure. Sundance Kid, with which I thought was far superior than the, the Sting. I liked it a lot better. The Sting was good. I think they felt bad because... It got nominated in 1970, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but, but they didn't won win. hardly yeah. anything. They won hardly anything. And uh, You're a big Redford guy, aren't you? Robert Redford. I think he was pretty good in his day. He's you know, kind of got... Yeah, he's a good actor. I mean, he's made some clunkers. Sure. Know? The one where he was trying to get in Demi Moore's shorts out on the uh, uh Indecent Proposal, yeah, whatever it's was called. Brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, he's been in a he's been in a few clunkers in recent years, but he and uh, these two back to back were were fantastic, and I I think they were feeling a little guilty, and it swept the Academy Awards. They ended up getting seven Academy Awards, and uh, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Great movie, The Sting and Marvin Hamlish both had big nights at the forty sixth annual Oscars. Uh, the Sting won Best Picture among seven total o- Oscars, and Hamlish won three. Best song, best dramatic score. He also won the best dramatic score for The Way We Were that night. And, uh, of course, uh, Scott Joplin. But uh, The Sting on this night was honored at the Academy Awards. A lot less controversial back then. You know who was the host? No. Frank Sinatra. Really? Oh. Frank Sinatra. And they gave the uh, Meritorious Service Award. You know, the whatever it is, Mm -hmm. the Hollywood of Cary Grant. So they had a little star power that night. Frank giving an award to Cary Grant. We'll be back. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect. Filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers, whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.